I totally feel those people because I am a type A recovering control freak and I use recovering in quotes, so I completely get it. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello. My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Kat McLeod. Kat approached us to join us as a guest after listening to the show, always a good sign. Kat McLeod is the creator of the Stay at Home Mum Entrepreneur, the proven framework for creating a highly profitable business that you love while working two hours a day. She started her first multiple six-figure business 20 years ago and hasn't slowed down since, not even after having her son. A fun fact that business's profits meant she had way more money than her husband when they first got married and was able to pay the entire $450,000 down payment on their home. Not that he minded. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Kat McLeod of Stay at Home Mum Entrepreneur, or I should say in England, Mom. Because <laughs> you're not in England, <laughs> are you? <laughs> So you spell it different to us, don't we? So welcome, Kat. Great to have you with me. It's been wonderful to be here. So how do you say it? Go on, say it. Mom. Mom. You see? You see? Yeah, we don't. you don't even pronounce it the same and you don't spell it the same. <laughs> well, so tell us a bit about who you are, what you do and where you do it. I am a 20-year entrepreneur. I started my first multiple six-figure business at the age of 22, and I have been on an unusual 20-year entrepreneurial arc the whole time, except for a maternity leave with my son. And I help stay-at-home moms start businesses for fulfillment and meaning while staying mom first. Cool. And where are you based? I'm based in outside of Los Angeles, California, in a beach city of Los Angeles. Oh, lovely, lovely. And do you work from home or do you have an office or what do you do? I absolutely work from home. I work from my beach home where I can see the mountains and the ocean. See, I work from an office at home where I can see the sea and I'm on a hill and so I can see, you know, trees and and countryside and stuff, but it doesn't sound half as exciting (laughs) as your view. Yours does sound exciting. I'm also on a small hill to overlook the trees and the beauty. Yours sounds just as lovely. Excellent. Many of my guests come on who have always been entrepreneurs. A a lot of people, you know, start in the corporate world, start in jobs, and then at some stage, you know, that leads them uh, or doesn't lead them into a different uh, route. But you've been doing this all along by the sound of it. Tell us a bit more about how that came about. 
I am an entrepreneur. I did a short stint being hired by one of my clients into corporate and I did really well in corporate as far as growing a division of a company that's still successful to this day. However, I did not like having a boss set hours going to work in an office, just having all these rules. I'm definitely not one to follow someone else's rules. I like to make my own. <laughs> and it's good to find that out quickly, I guess. <laughs> it is. I think I, I've said for many years now that I am probably unemployable, but I probably always was. I join you on saying that about myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so you've done sort of different things. You you focus on the helping uh, stay-at-home mums. Tell us more about why you focus on that particular market. I fully planned on being a stay-at-home mom once my son was born. I am fortunate that my husband is a very high earner, and I just assumed that I would be staying at home with him for a minimum of 10 years until he reached middle school. However, when he entered preschool and I actually had me time for myself again, I became restless and irritable. I found myself surfing on the internet for hours a day. I just missed having something of my own. So I came out of retirement. I helped a fellow mom that I knew that was going crazy start a business for a little buzz. I helped her for free and I came semi out of retirement while my son was in preschool. Lovely. Um, what sort of businesses do stay at home mums do? <laughs> Oh, it varies. It really varies. My system is designed to be completed in two hours or less a day. And yes, all of my moms work about 15 hours or less a week. And businesses like that first client I was talking about, she learned how to make beautiful cakes from her mom. And she didn't think that this could be monetized into a viable business. So the way we did it is we found the subset of her niche to be her right business idea. And that for her was gluten-free baking because here in Los Angeles, this is a very popular need. And we niched her down even further to children's birthday parties and baby showers. And this meant something to her because both her mother and her sister have celiac disease. So we marketed her that way and she was able to charge a major premium for her services and that just gives her the extra independent income that makes her feel good about herself and sharing her gifts with others and it goes all the way to the other end of the spectrum where i have a person that used to be a lawyer for the city of los angeles but she had three kids and she didn't want to miss out on being there while they were growing up so we narrowed down her business she works two days a week while the kids are in school and then some evenings and she does a subset of law that is well needed here in Los Angeles immigration law. And she's able to make more than the average U.S. income working those two days a week. And then online, I have a mom who was a corporate mom and she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And we have her niche down to a specific software program and she's able to help busy creators, busy service-based businesses with their customer relationship management tools. And she installs that and helps walk people through it. And she's able to make the same as her corporate salary by making, by 
having four clients a month and that means four days a month she can make the same amount as she was making in corporate so niche each time how important is that I think it's super important my superpower my superpower oh I'm saying it strange my superpower is nailing people's right business ideas and that is the subset of their niche that's going to bring in the most money for the time spent because all of my clients are busy moms. We have our full-time mom job that absolutely comes first and our business needs to fit into our lifestyle. Hmm. So I'm just thinking, you know, you say your your moms are working sort of two, two hours a day or they're doing like four days a month or, or whatever it might be. Is that because they're super organized or do you have to be really clear about how you structure the business first so that they don't have to do lots of hours in order to deliver the service? Yes, we structure their businesses first so that they make really high profit for the time spent. So the packages that I work together with them, they're offering the pricing. I work with them to create, craft that right offer and price it right. I tell my moms that they are fancy boutiques not like Walmarts that need, oh, you guys don't have Walmarts, not those big American superstores that need yeah. a lot of volume and make a very small profit margin to be yeah. profitable. I structure them as very boutique offerings, high-end offerings, and that is how they're able to work in that limited time space. Mm -hmm. And what about yourself? Are you doing a similar, um, sort of low hour type scenario or has that crept as you've got more clients? I keep a tight limit to my schedule and I take a limited amount of clients. I charge, I, I, I follow my own rules. I price myself right. My packages start at $5,000 and above US money and I make sure to carve in my time for my pleasure, my exercise, picking up my son from school every day, going to the park. That is my priority because I believe in being mom first and I still make a very high income while providing amazing service to my clients, helping them grow businesses that they love and taking care of myself and being mom first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's a picture as to how you, how you, do that so what does a day look like for you my typical day is getting up getting my son ready for school exercising then from there I'll have either a podcast interview or I'll do some copywriting and follow-ups with some clients with any questions or with any just anything that requires follow-up and any kind of content creation that's coming through my coming through my mind. Yeah. I have a, I schedule my client calls for every other week. So every other week it rotates to client calls and I take a limited amount of clients at a higher end because that's just the model that I believe in that gives me so much freedom. So when it comes to them, I focus on my clients. If they need me throughout the week, I will check in with them. And then I also do some live trainings and pop into my Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And what about how you get stuff done? So what sort of tools and apps and, and sort of routines you use? I mean, firstly, obviously, it's about structure, as you've just said, and being really clear about what 
do you do in what time but then how do you know what to do when when you are doing things I'm an extremely scheduled person. That's my personality, very, very type A. So that's not something that I have personally ever struggled with. However, I do know that this is a struggle of a lot of service-based businesses. And that's why one of my clients, I told you she does the back end. She, she installs Dubsado for people's businesses. She uses Dubsado. I'm so not tech savvy. I know nothing about tech and I cannot help anything about tech, but she's a tech expert. So she helps service-based businesses where they are dropping the ball on client work, where they are losing track of keeping up this, that with other people. And that is a way for people to get more organized and or use a program like Basecamp where you can keep up with your clients inside of a set program. Yeah, yeah. So when you start talking about how you work with your clients, you talked about your superpower. Um, how did you find that? Because not everyone understands what their superpower is and some people do sort of do things that they're quite good at, but it's, it's not that absolute thing that they should be doing. How did you find that for yourself? I found it on accident. When I was 22 and I had a business, I really didn't enjoy it. So I niched it down to one part of the business that I enjoyed the most at the time and it exploded and it was refined to be my superpower when as of my second year graduate school project because in between all of this i decided to go back to graduate school and get my master's in psychology because i grew up in an extremely abusive household and i was quite screwed up in my late teens and early 20s and i did a lot of therapy to get my head on halfway straight. So I went back to graduate school and as my second year project, I chose to help women transition out of the adult industry into entrepreneurship. This is where I learned to focus on high profit for the time spent because these women were used to making hundreds if not thousands of dollars an hour and it wasn't it wasn't going to fly with them and to make small money for lots of time because they would just go backwards. So that's how on the fly I honed my superpower of finding the subset of people's niches that were going to make them the most money, what I call your right business idea. Yeah, yeah. So you're working with people and finding that and then enabling them to, because of the structure and the pricing and that sort of thing to, to, to make the sort of money that they need in that sort of limited time. Is there an element of, of outsourcing or, or getting other people to work with them or do they really work quite independently within that time? It depends on the business. At a certain point, definitely outsource. Anything that you truly don't enjoy when you're unfolding your business, it's a time to outsource it, especially if it's going to cost you little to outsource and, and those tasks are preventing you from taking on a much higher paying client. It makes sense to outsource and it makes it so much less stressful. So as you scale your business, you definitely need to outsource. I outsource, I have an OBM that I outsource a lot of my stuff that I don't want to do, like anything tech I don't do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how did you um, find that right person and 
get the right stuff done especially if that's not what you want to do or or is is you know part of your sort of skill and knowledge sort of thing referrals this person was in my in my Facebook group, so knowing somebody for a little bit, a little while, and referrals are probably the your best bet in hiring out. And then it's just testing it out and using your gut. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with the idea of getting people to help them because it takes a bit of setup in order to do that, and and sometimes that benefit of doing it doesn't seem. Um, sort of I don't know urgent enough or attractive enough because of all the sort of preamble to, to get to that but it does make a massive difference doesn't it? I totally feel those people because I am a type A recovering control freak and I use recovering in quotes so I completely get it I want to do it all myself I can definitely do it better you know what I'm talking about and at the same time if you want to scale your business then you're going to have to hire out it, it, if you get to that level where you're putting out fires all the time, it is best to hire out. And there is that ramp up period while you get to trust someone. And it isn't easy at first, it's uncomfortable at first. Yet when you have that help and support, it makes a huge difference. I had a full-time personal assistant during my first business and I, looking back, there's no way I could have run that without him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what about, um yourself and keeping yourself sort of fit and well to do the things that you do I mean you sound structured do you also structure you know the sort of health side of things for yourself as well I do I'm slightly rigid with my health and exercise I work out every single morning in my beach room that I also take my client calls from overlooking the beauty the beautiful view and I often go rollerblading or bike riding or to a swim in the ocean or for a beach walk with friends because i believe in having a very enjoyable pleasurable life and yeah. i also walk my dog on a daily basis so i definitely take care of my health and every morning my entire family starts off by drinking green shakes so i guess we are the typical stereotypical los angeles family where we're fit healthy and drink green shakes Yes, yeah. I do love the way that <laughs> with saying that you were slightly rigid. I'm sure slightly and rigid don't go together, do they? <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to be quite rigid about it. I, I <laughs> you, try, you try to put it down by saying slightly, but it does sound rigid. But yeah, as you say, it is. That is particularly for sort of as some um, people in the UK, it is a real stereotypical sort of um, Los Angeles thing, isn't it? But, <laughs> yes, I. I use the word slightly because I truly enjoy it. I love having a fit, healthy Southern California lifestyle. And uh, my family, I feel like we're very balanced. I eat dessert every single day, which is highly unusual for my area. So I usually eat about two scoops of ice cream a day or another major dessert because I love it. So I believe in that kind of balance. However, yes, does my family drink green shakes every morning? Absolutely. Um, sort of learning and improving yourself because um, most of my guests tend to you know do that and, and have an interest in it but it's sort of striking me that 
you know you're you're being quite organized in terms of what time you have available to, to run your business so does learning and improving come as part of that or is that something that you do outside of that um because that's you know a good thing to do personally or do you not I, pers talk? I personally do it outside of my normal business because yeah. i just love doing that so whenever i'm walking my dog i'm listening to a podcast on entrepreneurship i love to read in my downtime so this is a natural hobby of mine and has been for 20 years so luckily for me business is a hobby entrepreneurship is a hobby i love learning and listening about it so i really enjoy learning about entrepreneurship and improving and i completely believe in investing your in yourself to keep growing and evolving yes yeah do you have any recommendations on podcasts or books or sort of resources that um are helpful or that you, that you particularly use Yes, I love Entrepreneurs on Fire. I love listening to the podcast to really focus on extremely successful entrepreneurs, and that's one of them. I was just yeah. on Marketer of the Day, and I like that podcast. I was a guest on it, and a lot of his guests are really informative, and I've learned quite a bit from listening to these podcasts. As far as reading, I'm currently reading The Big Leap with by God. Gay Hendricks, and that's just talking about as you move up in higher levels of success, you're going to hit upper limits. Mm -hmm. I always think that's that book with the fish jumping from one pond to uh, one um, bowl to the other, isn't it? Is that the book? <laughs> I don't think that that's the cover that I have on it. However, I read it on my Kindle, so <laughs> I'm pretty much all electronic at this point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as you say, listening to other entrepreneurs is so um, sort of inspirational, but also educational because people are all so different, aren't they? Oh, yeah. All of us are different. All of my clients have built different businesses. My business model looks different than uh, a lot of people that I know. It has to feel right for you. So I believe in leading with pleasure and making sure that you feel good about your choices and that doesn't mean that you don't do things that are uncomfortable because as you move forward in your business it is uncomfortable it's uncomfortable or in life period as you change things in life it's uncomfortable while you're trying something new that's very different than a voice inside of you saying this is not right for me mm. And are there different phases for stay-at-home mums based on their their sort of children's development, if you like, you know, the, 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 when they're in you know, primary school or when they're at senior school or at college or, or whatever? Does that then impact on the business? I have a six-year-old, so I can only speak for my son's demographic because I worked with stay-at-home moms starting in preschool. So I don't even work with moms of newborns and everything because that stage is so challenging to start a business. You're taking care of somebody that needs you all the time. I really work with moms of school age kids mm -hmm. and that's starting preschool and above. And I imagine when your kids hit middle school and above, so the, I don't know what you call it on your end, but we'll say that they're older and more independent walking to school. You can explode your business then if you choose to do so. Although it's interesting, I was talking to someone the other day, my daughter's 13 now and she's at senior school and as you say, 
you know you don't take her to school anymore but the amount of um extracurricular activities that she does we seem to be trekking halfway around our county <laughs> attending, <laughs> attending netball matches in and goodness knows what and uh, it almost feels like it's worse now than it was when we you know literally had to hold her hand at all times so uh, <laughs> i'm sure it does get easier to begin with Okay, that's that's true because my friend does have a child in what we call high school, so your senior school, and she's constantly at her volleyball games all of the time. You get really good at working on your phone, I think, at that stage. Yeah, she also owns her own business, and luckily for her, that flexibility allows her to go to these afternoon games that go for hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, what about... Um, sort of routines, rituals, it strikes me that when you've got limited time, they, they really become important. I teach all my clients a 30-minute hyper-focus model. So this is relevant to all your listeners because we can all use some hyper-focus. So as far as business is concerned, because that's what the hyper-focus model is designed for, but you can use it for any other area of your life that you really want to focus on. And in this period, you it's a non-negotiable. It's usually before the kids get up or after they go to bed. For younger children, it can be at that quiet time, nap time, lunch time period. And during this time period, you only focus on what's going to move your business Forward. So if you're on a roadmap from A to Z, you do from D to E that day. If you don't know what you're doing from D to E, then get a mentor, hire a business coach, or get a very good self-study program and actually do it. For those of you who maybe are not into business and are trying to improve some element of your life, let's just say using the exercise since we brought up how rigid I am about it, <laughs> then that's the same plan. You put that hyper-focused time in your calendar before that period of time you already know what you're going to do during that time period so while you're doing mundane tasks like brushing your teeth doing the dishes you know what you're focusing on during that 30 minute slot you do it yes yeah yeah um it's funny that, that whole thing about hyper focus it, that works when you're really clear as you said about what you need to do and that's often the problem, isn't it? That people haven't really identified what they need to do. So some of that advice around finding a mentor or taking a course or whatever is probably the first step to that, isn't it? That's actually creating time and, and sort of carving out that focused time only really works if when you're doing that, you're doing the right thing. I truly believe in having a roadmap to know where you're going. Otherwise, you're flailing around lost. I would not travel without a GPS knowing where I was going. And I use that as a metaphor because a lot of my clients have come to me after months, if not years of struggling on their own. They're trying to piece it all together from Google. They, they're trying to YouTube their way to success. And it's just such a waste of time. It truly is. One of my clients tried on her own for a year and a half to get her first paying client. Also, she was working corporate and a mom, so it's not like she was dedicating full time to this. And within three weeks of us working together, she got her first paying client and then she got her second one two weeks after that. Because when you have a system to follow and somebody who's done it time and time again, it's just such a shortcut. Mm. Yeah, and then as we've said, you know, you've carved out the time, but actually you're carving out the time for the right stuff rather than, you know, just to do 
things that may or may not take you to where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. So when we were preparing for today, um, you talked about um, creating a legacy with what you're doing. What, what is that legacy? My legacy is that it does not matter where you started out, any bad decisions you've made in your life or that you judge as bad, or if you feel worthy or not, you truly can create the dream life that you want. And I know this sounds like total crap and you're like, Kat, what are you talking about? This is so crap. I grew up in a extremely abusive house where I feared for my life. I was beaten on a regular basis with a bamboo stick and step by step with lots of mistakes and backtracking. I have been now living a dream life for the last decade. I have a lovely family. My husband is super loving. We're very successful. We live in a beach city of Los Angeles and we have friends around us and I just have so much joy in my life. So my main legacy to leave to people is it does not matter where you're at now or what you did in the past. Truly keep putting those steps forward to the dream life that you truly want and look at where you're going. Just like we just talked about, have a roadmap for where you're going and then take those steps that are going to get you there. Ask yourself, is this step going to get me to the dream life I want or is that going to keep me stuck? And do the uncomfortable steps because yes, doing something new is uncomfortable to keep getting to your dream life. Mm, mm, yeah, that's really helpful. And and sort of inspirational to, to be re reminded of that I guess but again as we said it's about determining those steps isn't it and then making sure that you take them yeah I, it all boils down to feeling worthy feeling like you have this self-worth because when you make that decision and you feel worthy of having that dream life you find the steps you do the steps you get help with the steps and that worthiness component it's not a small deal i went through years of therapy and it's still something that i work on to this day i do mindset work around my worthiness even though i've built what most people would call a major dream life and had lots of success i still struggle with that worthiness piece probably from being told I was not worthy when I was growing up and it's something that I feel that strongly that a lot of women have that they don't feel like they can do it oh sure cat you could do it but I can't do it and that's just not the truth that's why I share my beginnings to let you know that you can and I really made poor decisions that we didn't get into because it's just not relevant to the podcast and yet I still kept plodding forward and made a dream life for myself and really truly you can too. Mm -hmm. So if people are listening to this and thinking you know great I, that's what I want to do and okay it's possible what what's sort of a, a next step for them to sort of go on that journey? Or first it, depends on, it depends on what their focus is on. In your dream life, it can look like different things. I focus on business right now because that's the element that I find fun. So it depends on your version of dream life. I'll, I'll just stick with business and you can use that for your health. You can use that for starting a family. So for business-wise, when steps to do for your dream life is exactly what we're talking about. Find the roadmap know where you're going, visualize your end result, and then take that 
small action forward. In graduate school, we learned something called three foot tosses. They brought in a basically a carnival game and we were given rings and the rings were set and we had to toss them on stakes that were three foot, six foot, nine foot, 12 foot, 15 feet. And the people who consistently got the most points were doing three foot tosses. And the reason my graduate school had us doing that is to let us visually see the impact of doing those small tosses and getting bigger results. So I encourage anyone listening where this is feeling like, oh, this is me, I need to do this. Take the small steps. It's not a sprint, it's small steps done consistently day after day that's going to get you to your finish line. Yeah, absolutely. I I love that. I talk a, a, a lot about, and I was just reminding myself about a book called The Slight Edge um, yesterday, in fact, and that is exactly what that's about, which is if you keep doing very small steps on a consistent basis positively, as opposed to doing very small things negatively, the sort of gap between where you end up, you know, on a positive side and where you could have ended up on a negative side is massive because the sort of compound effect of taking those small actions every day, you know, in three months, six months, a year or whatever, it, you know, is massive. So um, really, really good bit of advice. And as I say, a really good book as well. If you haven't come across it, The Slight Edge, I can never remember the the author, but um, that's the sort of principle that that they're talking about in that. So I love, sorry. Yeah. I love that principle. I haven't heard of that book, but that's a great principle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what about those days where it all goes horribly wrong and you have a really bad day? How do you deal with that? Oh, those happen. And I encourage everyone to understand that those bad days are, yes, they're just going to happen. It gets messy. Life is messy. You're going to fail. There's going to be multiple failures along your road to success. And the more you truly ingrain that and expect that, and not let it hold you back, the easier your progression is going to be because it is just the truth. It's messy when you're doing something new. It's messy when you're aiming for your dream life. It's not comfortable. And I don't say this from a high horse. This is something that I, again, still struggle with. This is how I know this. I like things to be perfect. I want them to look a certain way. And I struggle when they are messy, even though I know that that's just the way it is. One of the ways that I move out of that space is to do something I enjoy. So if I'm feeling lower energy and I'm very fortunate that I live by the beach, I might go for a beach jog or a swim in the ocean or do something silly to make myself laugh and take a break because trying to plod forward from that that frustration is not going to unfold your life in a pleasurable way. So I'll try to change my energy. And I know this is easier said than done. And when my energy is changed, then I look at it more systematically with less attachment, less trying to take it, I mean, less taking it personal and looking at it more scientifically. And again, this is a practice that I have been honing for a while and still struggle with. So this doesn't just happen with a snap of a finger. If you can look at your life as an outside neutral observer and make more systemized, less dramatic actions and thoughts about it, it can actually move you forward much quicker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, dealing with situations when you take that attitude that it is about small actions as we said consistently sort of makes it more 
surmountable as opposed to insurmountable you know that you sort of feel like you can do something about something because it's only little things that you need to do whereas if you want you know you think you're going to try and do this massive thing to resolve whatever an issue is that is just daunting isn't it yes i like to use the example of a personal trainer or going to the gym maybe because i'm you know again from los angeles but if you want to get healthy you cannot expect that tomorrow you're going to go work out for 16 hours a day and then boom you're going to have instant results versus going to the gym let's say 20 minutes a day for the next two months and seeing some results that way so i like to just draw it out that smaller steps make a bigger impact in the end and you have to be impa you have to be patient while it's unfolding just like if you go to that gym and you do the 16 hours and you're like I worked out for 16 hours and it didn't work I'm just exhausted I'm sore I can't even move that you can't unfold your dream life that way it's not gonna feel good and it just simply won't work mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so let's talk about those days where you've had the chance to live more and that's where I talk about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the things that you feel you should do or you have to do. What do those days look like for you? I feel like I am truly living more. My days really consist of like, I'm gonna be working this morning and after breakfast, I will, it's really early during the interview time where we are. I will be meeting my best friend for our usual two hour rollerblade at the beach where we chit chat and catch up after our week so that we can just keep up with, with each other's lives. Then I will have a nice lunch and then I will spend time with my son after I pick him up from school. In between, I will be taking care of some loose ends with my business because I only work Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So I actually crafted my business to work three days a week as far as client interaction, except for you know, catching up on an email or somebody has a question on what they're to do this week. I will catch up that way, but I do it from a place of leisure and enjoyment. Monday through Wednesday, I have a, a more work-focused schedule while my son is in school. And Thursday and Friday, I have a more pleasurable schedule. And then Saturday and Sunday, it's family time. Yeah, yeah. I'd completely forgotten that you're on the West Coast and therefore it's really early there. So thank you. And you don't sound <laughs> like it's very early. <laughs> but I am. I was forced to be a morning person when I had my son. Be prior to my son, I was definitely not a morning person. Speaking of that, I like to get all of my work done and all of my flow done in the morning. That is right. the time now because I'm up anyways with my son. So that's why I work out and immediately after working out, I might have a green shake and then I do work because that's when I'm really focused. And in that period of time, I can focus for maybe two to three hours without fail where I can stay truly focused on what needs to get done or yeah. mindset work or following up with things, writing content. Yeah, and that's that piece about being really clear about when you have the most energy to focus and, and then making sure that you're working during that time. Yes, I cannot work after my son's in bed. I don't have, I can do little menial tasks. I can't do the creative stuff at that hour. It doesn't work for me. No, no, exactly. So lovely, thank you so much, Kat. It's been really interesting talking to you. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in contact with you. 
You can find me at sahmentrepreneur.com. That's short for stay-at-home mom entrepreneur, sahmentrepreneur.com. And on there, I have the four key steps for starting a fulfilling and high-profit business. I have a free training for all you listeners. And there is a link to my Facebook community where I'm active in almost daily and also do some business training in there. And there on my work with me page, you can find out more about that. Lovely. Thank you. Thanks, Kat. Thank you so much. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 137, you'll find them there. And this is the last show before Christmas. And I just want to say, have a brilliant time. Remember what I said last week about self-care and taking those moments out to enable you to get through the festivities uh, unscathed or relatively unscathed. I really hope you have a great time at Christmas and I'll give you a little New Year wish next week (laughs) because there will be a show next week. It'll be out on the 27th. And just a little story, I've just uh, been answering the door three times in about five minutes to delivery drivers or two delivery drivers and then the postman. It's like uh, Piccadilly Circus here, as they say. And so the postman uh, was the third person. And I said, oh, my God, I've just answered the door three times. I can't believe how many deliveries I've just had in a short space of time. And he said, oh, just leave the door open. We'll just like pop the stuff into your porch if you want. (laughs) and so we're having a bit of a joke I was checking to see how how he was because he was very ill about three years ago after a a cycling accident and um, you know we're just having a general chat and then I remembered I said to him oh I got your your Christmas card yesterday I said and that reminded me that um, I said I don't normally give you anything at Christmas and he was like you don't need to you don't need to I said no no listen listen to this I said I was listening to one of my podcasts last week I said and I was talking to somebody I think it was the one with Robin Waite and I said I was talking to somebody and we were talking about giving tips to hairdressers and he was like giving a funny look why is she telling me this story and I said you know I said I don't tip hairdressers you know that's what sort of older people do I've never done it and I said and I said to the the guy I said you know what I don't tip the postman either and every year I think perhaps I should but I don't and he was like no no you don't have to you don't have to because obviously it's quite embarrassing for me to be telling him this and I said no and I committed on that podcast to doing it I said and I got your card yesterday and it reminded me that I was going to do it I said the thing is I don't know how to do it I said because you've just rung the doorbell this morning but how how about if you don't answer the door you don't um ring the doorbell for the rest of the week how do I make sure that I see you (laughs) before Christmas so of course he's thinking mad woman what is she like and then I said just how do people do it and he said well they just put a note on the door that say that says please knock or something like that and I was like oh yeah that's a good idea. Why didn't I think of that? And I was like, okay, good. I said, right, okay, so you need to knock sometime during the remainder of this week. And he was like, right, okay. And then he went, oh, I'm day off tomorrow. I said, Thursday then. He's like, yeah, Thursday's fine. And then I went, I said, I don't know, how does it work? I said, you know, should I put some money in a card? I said, or, or can I give you something? I said, I said, you know, do you do wine? And he said, and he said, let's seriously, you don't need to do anything. And I was like, no, I want to. I said, so I said, if it were, for example, a bottle of wine, would it be red or white? So he said red. I was like, right, great. See you Thursday. <laughs> so he, in a rather embarrassed manner, has had to go through a whole conversation with me, um, trying to work out how you tip your post. <laughs> Uh, but also I didn't just want to give him money I think you know I don't like giving money for presents it's a bit boring isn't it um so anyway so I'm going to find a nice bottle of red wine for him tomorrow and then hopefully he'll remember to knock on the door but maybe I'll leave a note as well just to remind him because he might be embarrassed now now because he'll sort of feel like if he's going to knock on the door 
he's expecting something and what about if I forgot so if I put a note then he'll know I haven't forgotten and then all will be well <laughs> so thank you Robin for guilting me into leaving something for my very very lovely postman in fact the whole conversation started because he said how are you oh by the way did you get the parcel in your trailer the other day I saw it by the back door it wasn't one of ours he said but it was wet so I put it in the trailer for you to keep it dry and I was just reminded about how lovely he is as a postman and how he looks after us and uh, always asks after my mother-in-law next door and um, all that sort of thing so um so yeah there you go if you haven't tipped your postman (laughs) maybe do it this year I'll let you know how I get on. And don't forget, if you are interested in having a look at Power to Live More Calm over the holiday break, then you can go to powertolivemorecalm.com and use the join the Power to Live More Calm site link that's at the top of that page. And it'll take you into a page where you can join as a 2019 member to give you that month free and then £37 a month after that for the remainder of your membership so uh, if you do think that you're going to have a bit of downtime to do a bit of planning a bit of learning uh, a bit of thinking about your business for the new year then uh, you could do worse than have a look at power to live more calm as i said have a great christmas and i'll catch you next week and the show notes for this week's show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 137 and we look forward to speaking to you next week use your power to live more 